The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Minos and welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the Willow and Xander of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network. I am one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who doesn't let the fact that someone is a werewolf dissuade him from true love. Josh, how are you doing this evening? <laughs> Well, I'm not a, I'm not loving the <laughs> the Buffy references, um, but other than that, um, I suppose if you're a werewolf and I didn't know and I fell in love with you, um, it would only become a problem once every month or so. Are you really um, saying you'd rather be Xander than Willow? No, no, I'm saying I'm I'm in the True Blood world and you're in the PG level, <laughs> Sabrina Buffy world. I'm not even. Gotcha. Okay, so I watched the show that got good after the first season. You watched the show that was only good the first season. I mean, they were Red Panthers. I don't know how, how, how terrible that sounds to you. Okay. Awesome. Well, hey, well, Willow and Xander are respectable sidekicks. They would never have been able to take down the big bad on their own. And luckily for us, we have our own Buffy joining us this week to ensure that this podcast slays. Dan Machado from Smart Iguana Games. How are you doing, sir? Hey, hey, thank you for having me. I'm doing doing pretty awesome. Or Dan, we have to know, were you a Buffy fan? I I am not. <laughs> I was not. Good job. <laughs> All right, so I will stand alone on the Buffy Island. That was totally fine. I will say I watched Buffy for the first time well after it was on television. And it was rough getting through the first season, but then it was really good. Yeah. Well I did I did see nothing about vampires. Oh, it is. Uh, witches. I did, I did see Sabrina when I was growing up. Was that Warner Brothers? And uh, that new season they came out, or the new show on Netflix, The Creepy Adventures, Adventures of Sabrina. Yeah, Chilling Adventures. Chilling, Chilling Adventures. Yeah. It's pretty good. pretty good. It is on my to-watch list, but I have not quite gotten to it yet. And now that it's past Halloween, I don't feel like it's totally appropriate to like watch that show. But you can watch Buffy. Well, I can watch Buffy <laughs> anytime. <laughs> Again, quality television. <laughs> That's a Halloween show. It's always appropriate to watch Buffy. <laughs> it's, uh, agreed. It is always appropriate to watch Buffy. And I feel like the listeners are going to support me in this. But hey, you know yeah, what? They probably will. They probably will. Absolutely. But hey, this is not a television podcast. This is a gaming podcast. So thanks so much for joining us this week. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter. Or check out the awesome things that Josh posts over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash board with VG. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. As always, we if you prefer the long-form communication, boardwithvg at gmail.com is awaiting that fan fiction that you're writing. I know someone out there is doing it. We're just waiting to read that fan fiction on the air. And as always, hashtag board with VG. <laughs> you know you're excited for this fan fiction when it happens. You're I've very read excited. Some of it. 
I know. <laughs> and as always, hashtag board with VG on all the social media so we can kind of pick up what you're playing, seeing what you're doing. We love to kind of be part of that conversation because, you know, we just like talking to y'all. It's so much fun. Uh, as always, just a reminder, Board with Video Games now has its own podcast feed. So if you're listening to us on the PSVG feed, you can hop over and search Board with Video Games individually on all of your favorite platforms for podcasts. So please do that. Leave us a rating or review on those services as well. It would be greatly appreciated. One final housekeeping note. You may notice that as of last week, uh, ads are now inserted into the show. So yeah, kind of bear with us while that happens. We're kind of learning on the back end how this is all going to work. And I promise that, uh, you know, we'll have some actual transitions in the future when we, before those, so that they aren't so abrupt when they happen. So once we get that all figured out, I promise it'll be smoother. So just bear with us a little bit. It's a sign and of success. It is so a sign of success. Good things. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. But hey, that's enough housekeeping. That was a ton of it. Dan, since you are our guest, have there been any board games you've been playing lately that you'd like to talk about? There have been. Um, I picked up this game a couple months ago, and I only got to play it recently. Uh, End of the Line. Have you guys heard of it? No. Comes in a bright green box. It's about a um, you're trying to survive the apocalypse. Not zombie, just apocalypse. You're trying to get supplies like water and ammo and food, things like that. And you are a family, mom and dad, daughter and son, and a dog family of five and your goal is to survive the apocalypse while at the same time trying to get the other families killed <laughs> and then you so saw you're the last <laughs> last one standing so it, i like those cutthroat you know heavy games that the whole goal the whole goal is to screw with people so i really like that game the post-apocalyptic family survival that's interesting yeah. As soon as I heard the descriptions, I was like, I gotta get that game. And it is really good. I like it. So I can't play it here though. <laughs> <laughs> so the first question then, uh, is the dog the best character? Because it seems like it should be. Say that again? Is the dog the best character? Because you know, anytime there's a dog in a game, I always just assume the dog is gonna be the best character. Yeah, yeah. He's the he's the only one that has like a little power. Uh, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't call it a power. He can't collect resources, but he can get you more resources. That seems so. like a win. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you got to save the dog. Otherwise, you go insane. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think every game, like especially, you know, one of my favorites, Dead of Winter, the dog, Sparky's like the best. So any game that has a dog, I'm pretty much in. Yeah. Now, my wife, I play with her game. I play with games with her a lot. And, um, <clears throat> She doesn't mind like killing people or killing other teammates or that uh, doesn't even phase her. But once there's a dog, it's like, I can't kill the dog. <laughs> I can't do anything to the dog. It's like, kill it. <laughs> it's okay. I'm in the same boat. If you're a person, well, the dog's probably going to be nicer to me in the long run. So I'm going to go ahead and save this dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and that, at least, that way I'll be happy if I die later. Until the dog's hungry. <laughs> no, the dog's not. No, the dog's going to be fine the whole time. It'll be great. Why you gotta bring you guys? Why you gotta bring things down like that, Josh? <laughs> Just keep it real. All right, so that's end of the line. Any other games you've been playing, Dan? Um, well, I've been playing some of my own games uh, that uh, we've been developing. We have one that I can't really mention too much, but it's about dragons, dragon themed. So I'm pretty excited about it. It's a uh, it's working pretty well, so I'm I'm excited about bringing that out next. Awesome! I like dragons. Dragons sound good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think it'll be good. A lot of people are gonna like it. I hope I, so. I think if you can incorporate the dragons having pet dogs, 
Yeah. It'll be a win all around. Just a suggestion. I'm not a designer. I try to squeeze in a dog named Kyle. Perfect. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> all right, Josh, sir, what have you been playing on your tabletop? Well, I went ahead and I just had to beat Kyle to the punch. I dropped in a, uh, on a, um, is it, is it shop? Small Saturday. I'm forgetting the name. Small business Saturday. Let's shop small Saturday. Why not? Um, We figured uh, we didn't really spend too much on Black Friday, so we went to go support our local gaming store. So we dropped in to check out their wares, and they had a lot of new board games. Uh, We're very fortunate to be close to a store that actually backs a lot of Kickstarters and gets the, the retail pledges and gets a lot of I'll say it may be hard to find games or not common games you'd find in the stores. Cool. And my wife and I were walking around and there was Fireball Island sitting right on the shelf. And I couldn't take my eyes off of it. I'm like, oh, but it's so expensive. <laughs> and it's just the base game. I don't like have all the cool like, expansions. Uh, you know, my wife and I talked and we figured if we took some spending money from PAX Unplugged and got, you know, spend some of that now. We get 20% off. Like, how do you say no? So we have Fireball Island and we immediately played it. (laughs) Uh, um, And man, uh, I didn't really know what to expect. So I I vaguely remember playing Fireball Island, um, but it probably was not like a full version of the game. You know, like it's a, a friend's house in a musty corner, like underneath Monopoly and stuff. And you're like, what's this game? Um, so we set it up. There's maybe six pages of instructions, uh, and it's probably closer to four or five because there's a lot of art on the pages. Very easy to figure out. Uh, the setup was not difficult at all. And uh, yeah, it plays like nostalgia. If, if, does that make sense? I felt like I was 15 again playing board games with my brother, maybe even yeah. younger, maybe 10. Uh, it just felt perfectly nostalgic. It's not going to blow any. Um, it's not going to be like the best year you've ever heard of, or it's not going to be very strategic necessarily. You're not going to see maybe crazy high reviews as far as theme and like it's not Gloomhaven, it's not Scythe. But I think there's something to be said for a fun, simple game with crazy good components, and that's what this game really is when it comes down to it. Um, We only play two players, so you have to play two characters each, and you alternate turns. Um, I think this game is probably awesome at three or four players. At two players, it was good, but if you're not keeping track of who's going, you're supposed to move a token around on which one of your two players' turn it is. Um, It is still easy to kind of lose track of that because you're kind of getting caught up in the um, dropping marbles, going through caves, rolling dice kind of aspect of the game. Um, so the, for the competitive aspect, four players I think is ideal, but uh, we still had a great time. Uh, the only complaint I'll tell you that I have is putting it back in the box. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's almost impossible. I actually have to look it up, and uh, someone posted on their Kickstarter page pictures of how they recommend putting it back in the box. 
um, because there isn't a suggested way. And yeah. they are the only solution they had was, oh, well, Broken Token is working on a storage solution. So I'm like, great. So I'll spend another $50 <laughs> on a yeah. Broken Token insert for this. And I can't imagine the people who have the expansions who want to add all of it together. Um, but that's my, really, that's my only complaint. Um, the boxes. The box itself is flimsy, but it's super light and with everything that you have in there. Um, uh, it's something that uh, I would be playing a lot on holidays with friends um, because not only is it fun, but it's quick-ish and simple. Like you can teach this game in five minutes and you can get going. So yeah. uh, I'm really high on it right now. So a uh, big fan and uh, hopefully it's, that's how I played. It's been a quiet couple of weeks i mean holidays you know so one game so really quick rapid <laughs> fire rapid fire questions for you. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so rapid fire because i got my delivery fireball island but i haven't even opened it yet the box is still completely sealed uh so i haven't even looked at like the game box i have just a brown box sitting in my kitchen right now hmm. so rapid fire questions number one i don't even know what is the retail price of the game if you don't mind sharing 70 and you got it for 20 that's not bad though i mean yes i got expansions but i paid 145 yes no, so, we, it also doesn't have a lot of the components. I did get true. two. I did get two of the Kickstarter components. I got an expansion deck and the deluxe fireballs. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't like the other Kickstarter stuff. It comes with a lot of other components. Right. It does have some upgraded stuff. Number two. Uh, have all of your marbles been round? No. So some I think they weren't supposed to be. Oh yeah, they're not I, supposed to be, right? Well, I think they are because that was one. Too. That is one issue they've run into is some of the marbles um, that people have gotten have not been round. Oh, yeah, I mean, exclusively, they're not round. I thought it was supposed to be that way because it alters the way it comes out of Falker's mouth. Yeah, I don't think, I think maybe they're supposed to be a little bit uh, odd, but I don't think they're supposed to be like noticeably not round. Okay, okay. There, I'll take some pictures and post them on Instagram. I could be wrong. Restoration games will take notice. <laughs> yeah, I could be wrong, because that's another issue they've been having. Number three, you mentioned it very briefly. What do you think of the box? Because there's been a lot of complaints about the box and the flim, quote-unquote flimsiness of it. So the people can't see it at home, but I'll show you. This is the cover. Because it's got the pre-folds. Oh, no. It's awful. So here, so here's the thing. <laughs> it looks, the front looks nice. It's glossy. <laughs> so this is awful. <laughs> it just for the price of the game, the components are great, but uh, it's not a very sturdy box at all. So um, what they said but, was, and I don't know if this is fully true, but what they said was part of the reason for that was they were running into a lot of issues with the suction because you know how sometimes when you get a game, it suction's really yeah. bad. And they said they were yeah. running into that issue, and this is kind of the way to solve that. Would you have rather had a suction-y box or a folded <laughs> box? I think I'm looking at my box right now, and just from doing what I just showed you, uh -huh. it's already it's already bent. Oh, well, maybe you should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that's going to happen when you play the game multiple times, too. Yeah. True. So I think I can deal with the suction-y part, I would, I would imagine. Um, but I mean, uh, who am I to complain? I really enjoy the game. So uh, what they decided to do, um, that's what they did. You know, I, I can't fight that right now. It's just, it's, if you remember original games, it's like game boxes from the nineties, the mm, same type mm -hmm, of game mm -hmm. box. Um, and I, in, in my opinion, people steered away from that design for a reason. I was surprised to see that that's what the box design was when I opened it. 
Um, and my wife immediately put it on the floor and she's like, let's see if the cat gets in. I'm like, no, she'll ruin the box <laughs> because it's already, you know, it's foldy. So, but that's it. I mean, the, the storage solution is my only complaint. Otherwise, everything else is great. Well, and now that I have to look into those marbles. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like they're supposed I'll to be Google, round. I'll, look it up. I'll okay. talk to him. I'll talk to him this week. I'm sure I won't look like a fool questioning <laughs> <laughs> Restoration Games at a convention about their shape of their marbles. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I feel like it was in some Kickstarter update I got. I don't remember. It probably was. Okay. Any other games that you've been playing? It sounds like that's been it. <laughs> I played a game at Thanksgiving I don't really want to talk about, so... Oh, <laughs> oh no. Was, was it, uh, did it have to do with Buffy? No, no. Well, it, oh. Buffy might have made it better. Uh, it was called um, Relative Insanity, a, a game by Jeff Foxworthy. Really. <laughs> I remember this <laughs> Uh, and it's they put the tagline you can't you can pick your nose but not your family which has no relation to the game at all just it's because it's a thing that Jeff Foxworthy says my mom saw it on Ellen and I mean you guys must know well Dan has like a board game family but for people who don't know about board games but know that you're into board games they think every board game they see is the greatest idea they've ever like I got this board game. You should check it out. It's Jeff Foxworthy's um, Cards Against Humanity. That's all it is. And, mm-hmm. and you know, he just put his name on basically something that people have been trying to duplicate since the original Cards Against Humanity came out. It was fine. Um, it's just the PG-13 ver- version of Cards Against Humanity. I had more fun than I want to admit. So that's why I'm <laughs> trying to tone it down a little bit. <laughs> Awesome. Well, it's unfortunate that I, you know, I'm not going to be talking about legendary Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I do own and I could talk about on this podcast, but I'm not going to. That's a good system, though. That's okay. a good game system. Want to. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. It is a good game system, though. It's a very good game system. And if you like the show, yes. it's, a, it's an important game. Uh, but yeah, the games I am going to talk about very briefly. Number one is the game Arboretum uh, from the folks over at Renegade Games. I was Fortunate enough to win a copy of this on Twitter. I don't ever win anything. And then I won a copy of Arboretum. So that was pretty exciting. Um, got this to the table over the holidays. It is Arboretum is basically a tile placement game is the best way to put it. And it's one of those games that really fits the easy to learn, difficult to master uh, thought process. In that on your turn, you're drawing two cards, playing a card, and discarding a card. That's all you're doing. Every single time, draw two, play one, discard one. Um But what you're trying to do basically is create the best, the longest path you can in your Arboretum from the trees that are available. So when you're playing with two players, you have six species of trees that are available to you. And you're basically just trying to create the path, the longest path. So you're building an Arboretum in front of you by playing a card and then playing another card next to it, another card next to it. You can play them in any order. They just have to be adjacent to another card. And you're just then... All the cards have a number value on them. So if you have a blue spruce that's a two, and then you have a blue spruce that's a three, and then a blue spruce that's a four, you're just making that path. The thing that is interesting about the game, though, is while you're building this path, in order to score it at the end of the game, once all the cards are out, you still have to have, or all the cards have been drawn, in your hand, you still have to have the highest value of those cards in your hand. So if you play everything, you might not actually get to score that if the other player has higher values of, example, blue spruces in their hands than what you have left. 
So it's this really delicate balance between playing cards out to be able to get a good long path versus keeping some cards back so that when it comes to it, you actually can score that path because you have the higher card value in your hand. I might have a higher value of Blue Spruce cards, but no path, but it prevents you from being able to score. Uh, so overall, a really interesting game, a really interesting concept, and there's a lot of different variation to it that just the first card, just the first tree and the last tree and the path have to be the same. There could be middle, different ones in the middle. You always have to be going up in number order, but you don't necessarily have to go exactly one, two, three, four. If you go one, three, five, six, seven, that's totally fine. Um, the thing I messed up on, though, the first time we played it is I thought it was every single path. It's just the highest value path, which I really messed myself up on badly, and I got totally destroyed the first game as a result of that. But overall, if you're looking for a nice family game, um, plays you know two to four players. Once you learn the rules, it's really quick, probably a half an hour to play the game. I think, you know, a little complex, but even, um, you know, eight, 10-year-old kids would probably be able to pick up the concepts here. Um, Arboretum, really easy to recommend, really inexpensive as well. Um, definitely recommend taking a look at that if you're looking for maybe a little bit of a strategy game to play with the family or friends. The other game then that I played is, <coughs> excuse me, um, a game I recently got from Kickstarter, and that is Spirits of the Forest. Uh, Spirits of the Forest, a basically a set collection game um pretty straightforward again not too complicated to learn on your turn uh you basically have a row of 12 by 4 i think it is tiles in front of you um and you can pick up tiles from the ends so you're basically working your way into the forest uh a lot of tree themes with me this week, apparently. <laughs> uh, but you're working your way into the forest, so you can pick um, any tile from your end or the other end. Basically, each tile has a different creature printed on it, and you can pick uh, tiles with, worth up to two of that creature. So if there's one on each end that are worth one, you can pick it. Sometimes they'll have two printed on them, um, or like a value of two printed on it, so then you can only take one tile. And then if you want to, you have these little totems that you can place that basically like reserves a card for you in the future. Pretty much that's the extent of the game. And then you're just trying to ensure that you have um, representation from all of, the, I think it's nine different um, spirits of the forest. So you're trying to make sure you have representation from all different nine sets of spirits. Um, and then you just score whoever's the most points in each of those spirit sets is going to get the score the points for them. Uh, the interesting thing, though, is that you have to ensure that you collect some spirits from every single group, because if you don't have any, you lose three points. So even if you know you can't get the most, it's still you still want to pick up something from them because otherwise you actually start losing points. Uh, mm -hmm. So there's no focus on just the one thing, which is kind of an interesting little way to think of it. Um, I know you've played this before, Josh, and talked about it on the podcast a little bit, correct? Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know something I talked to Kyle about, Kyle about in Discord. Kyle and I both got the Deluxe Edition, and it's uh, probably five times bigger than the base version, which I was very surprised uh, when I started at the store. Uh, but it made sense because the game works uh, small as well. But we got these nice um, um, die-cast pieces and an expansion, which I haven't played yet. Um, but it's very elegant, very easy, very, very nice to look at. Yes, definitely an elegant design. And they're pretty, again, for me, pretty easy to recommend if you're looking for something to play with the family. Um, I also have not played the expansion yet, but hey, I definitely recommend Arboretum and Spirits of the Forest. Really good games, especially this holiday season, if you're looking for something light, easy to teach, to play with people maybe who haven't played a ton of games or with family. 
So, hey, that's enough about my board games. Dan, are you a video game player? Have you been playing any video games lately? I I am a slight video gamer. Um, not, I don't have that many games. Uh, I think I talked to uh, Josh before about uh, I played Left 4 Dead 2. I mm-hmm. play that a lot. I love killing zombies. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, another other two games that I play are uh, Diablo, Diablo 3. And one that I recently picked up well, a few months ago, uh, Age of Empires, Age of Empires 2. Those are my three favorite games, and I just bounce from one to the other. I don't really play other games. My wife did recently get an Xbox for her birthday, and she loves uh, Lara Croft. And I did get to play that one. Uncharted, I think it's called. Maybe that's another game. Lara Croft. Tomb- so Lara Croft <laughs> is Tomb Raider. So Shadow of the Tomb Raider, or what's the other three? What's the other one, Josh, from the new trilogy? Yeah. Rise of the Tomb Raider and just plain old Tomb Raider. Well, yeah. maybe it's just, yeah, Tomb Raider. So, um, but yeah, I played that. Well, that's how much I know about video games. I just call them. <laughs> 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 that's okay. Yeah, the character's uh, totally right. That is the character. Yeah. <laughs> It was it was pretty fun. I like I like those kinds of games. Um, there's one game that I've been uh, two games that I've been interested about. Um, Rust. I've been seeing uh, a lot of things popping up on social media about Rust, um, but it seems like a very toxic game. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. I love. It. <laughs> I want to get a group of friends and just get in there and just just yeah. screw people out. I love it. And uh, Green Hell. Have you guys heard of Green Hell? No, I haven't heard of that one. I have not heard of that one either. You go to a forest with your girlfriend or wife to uh, visit like uh, natives of the jungle. I think it's the Amazons. And um, you s- she gets lost. So she gets kidnapped by the natives. And you have to survive the longest. And the more you go without food or water, then you start going insane. And what's really cool about the game is I- a long time ago, I heard this on YouTube. There's a video that's called... Um, uh, schizophrenia simulator or something where they uh, these doctors got together and put up a bunch of uh, sounds of uh, <clears throat> simulating what schizophrenics might hear all the time and it's really creepy if you hear one of those and hear the whole or listen to the whole video or audio it's 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 terrifying and they did something similar to that on green hill where you start hearing voices and all of a sudden you just hear huh? like <laughs> things like that you're never gonna make it and then screaming it's really um, cool it's intense i know they did that with um hellblade that game that is out on um pc you know ps4 and xbox it's you play a, a girl who's struggling with like um, a mental break and they say play with headphones because you'll hear your inner voices talking to you while yeah. you play the game so I've heard that that's a really good game, um, but I haven't played it yet. I own it. I just haven't played it yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, speaking Man. of Diablo three, like this, I don't know, Dan, if you if you know, but Diablo three just hit the Nintendo Switch, so really? it's created this like shockwave of Diablo fandom again, um, minus the BlizzCon thing. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, we have a lot of people in our podcast group that are playing it on the Switch, but my buddy um, Lucas from another podcast, Flux the Pros, we started playing it on the PC again because he had never completed – he completed the story but never um, um, followed the story. Like he was playing with a friend who skipped all the cutscenes and everything. Yeah. So we, we jumped right back in. We've been playing Diablo 3 for like a month now. 
just like as whenever we get free time to play together and they've changed a lot since I played seasons and um, all the different character stuff. So we've been playing that and we went from act the start of act one to the end of act one. We had love, we each had level 30 characters, which was insane. Yeah. Um, but they balance that game so well. Like you feel like so strong and powerful, but, but you're, you're still getting things thrown <laughs> at you that are challenging enough. Yeah. So yeah, people have been and Kyle's been playing it on the Switch, I believe. Uh, so yeah, that is Diablo correct. Been, been, been resurged, resurged has had a resurgence. <laughs> That's a better way to say that. <laughs> uh, um, I'll I'll keep going because I got Battle Chasers. I'm not sure if people are familiar with this. Um, I think the game is actually called Battle Chasers Night War. But uh, it's based on a comic series that I used to read. It's been out for a while. I've been waiting for it um, to come out on this, uh, to drop in price on the Switch because it's a, it's an RPG, like old school um, RPG, like Final Fantasy VII, VI style fighting system. Um, but it's all like comic book art and has good voiceovers. Um, and it was eight bucks on Black Fridays on uh, for Xbox. So I just jumped on that. Uh, I've been playing that a little bit uh, with the gaming time I've had. Um, I'm playing a lot of Destiny 2 again because that's sunk its teeth back into me. Yeah. <laughs> and the big surprise for me, I haven't been playing this by myself, but um, I bought my wife Pokemon Let's Go Eevee um, from the Switch with the Pokeball bundle. And I was watching her play and they give you like the tutorial and they're like, you can play this cooperatively on the switch. So I'm just lying in bed and all you have to do is pick up one Joy-Con in your hand. And if you shake it once, a character drops into your, to the other player's game. You're just like an assist character and you can help catch Pokemon and you also help battle Pokemon. So when she's battling um, someone, it's not just her character. It's also, it'll be two Pokemon fighting against one and I'll be, able to control my moves and use items and all that on my own, but it's all to complement her and her gameplay. Um, I'm like, I think eight years older than Pokemon would have been to hit me like right where it hit everybody else. So I never watched Pokemon. Um, I didn't really play any Pokemon games. So this game really didn't have an appeal to me. I tried getting into the DS games because everyone talked about how great of an RPG was, but and you can love RPGs, but if you can't get into the the plot of the RPG, there's no point. Um, and I just couldn't get into the Pokemon. But to be able to lay in bed with my wife and just kind of spend some quality like time with her at night before we you know go to sleep, it's kind of really nice. And the game isn't terrible; <laughs> it's actually relatively enjoyable. So um, that was a surprise purchase uh, for me to uh, to get. And um, Kyle's going to talk about his games. I really wish I bought a PSVR on Black Friday, and I didn't, because that's like two board games I wouldn't be getting at PAX Unplugged. But <laughs> uh, Kyle, uh, that's it. I've just been playing three-ish games. <laughs> yeah. I will go through mine really quickly, because I've talked about them on PSVG Prime, which I was on this week, which you can listen there if you'd like to. Um, one I didn't talk about too much, and since we were talking about Lara Croft earlier, I'm still playing Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Uh, started that a couple weeks ago. I'm really enjoying it. I've liked these new Tomb Raider reboots, you know, and I know this game was a little more uh, lukewarm for most people. I'm still enjoying it, though. I don't know that I like it as much as the first two, 
But every time I sit down to play a game, if I have 20 minutes or a half an hour, this is the game I'm jumping into, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. So looking forward to finishing it. I think it says that I'm at 40% complete, but I am being pretty methodical and clean, clearing out most of the areas as much as I can uh, as I go through here. There's some things I don't like. I don't really like the towns and all the people you can talk to in there. Like I, I prefer a much more linear story. But I, I appreciate the fact that they wanted to try to do something different. So the side quests are interesting and kind of fun to do. But there's such an urgency in this game about like what the main quest is about. It seems really superfluous to go off and do these side quests when, you know, oh, end of the world is coming. No big deal. Um, <laughs> so it just seems a little odd to have the time to go do these side quests. But uh, enjoying it, though, still overall. But yeah, most of my time has been spent in PSVR. Um, and PSVR, man, it has had a great, great year and a really strong fall, especially if Borderlands turns out to be as good as it's hopefully going to be in December. Uh, but right now playing, um, Tetris Effect made probably the best version of Tetris there is. They have, they've made Tetris a game that's supposed to be stressful and tense into like a Zen experience. And I think the fact that they have done that with the picture and just the graphics and the sound and the music and all of the stuff just happening around you while you're playing it it really is a pretty remarkable thing that they have that mizuguchi has done with this game uh you can definitely play it just on the on the flat screen if you would uh and it's still a great tetris game that way but playing it in vr the immersion that's there is is significantly different and i think elevates the game quite a bit uh i was when i was talking to donnie about it i related it to thumper that you can play thumper not in vr and it's still a good game but playing it in VR just feels completely different. Uh, and Tetris Effect fits that as well. Also playing some Creed Rise to Glory. Uh, it was on sale for like 15 bucks. So I said, hey, why not jump in? I enjoy the Creed movies. Might as well play a licensed game. That seems like it'll be pretty good. And I like boxing people. That seems like it'll be fun. And that's pretty much what it is. It's a, a boxing game. You train. They have like really cool training montages between the fights where you have to do these things like different little mini games and depending on the number you complete within the time amount gives you a, a different amount of stamina in the next fight that you go into. So it's a fun little game. Uh, it's, you know, I'm glad probably that I didn't pay full price for it, which is $29.99. Uh, but at 15 bucks is fun. Um, it definitely has a good feel. The boxing mechanics overall are pretty solid. The tracking wasn't ideal the first time I played it, but I tweaked my camera setup a little bit and that definitely made the tracking quite a bit better the second time I played. Um, so if you're looking for a fun boxing game, Creed Rise to Glory definitely fits. And the cream of the crop, Beat Saber. This is a game I've been excited for for a really long time. If you want to feel like a sweet, awesome Jedi who really likes to play rhythm songs, apparently, uh, Beat Saber <laughs> is where it's at. As you have your awesome lightsabers, which they're not called lightsabers, but they are lightsabers, and you're slicing these blocks that come down the path towards you in rhythm with the music, and you have to slice them in the direction that the blocks say. I highly recommend checking out video of this game. And if you are at all into rhythm games, Beat Saber, I think, is is a really interesting, cool way for rhythm games to be done. And I think some people have done some really interesting things. There are folks out there who have modded their PlayStation Move controllers into a Darth Maul-style single saber, and they're playing the game like that. And it's pretty. People are doing some pretty cool things with it. So... I know there was some disappointment that none of the custom tracks from PC have come with this game, obviously. But, you know, right now there's 15 tracks in the game, which doesn't seem like a lot. But after playing this game for an hour, and I know I'm out of shape, but after playing this game for an hour, I am wiped. I am just <laughs> tired. I am sweating. I am 
not to have too much information, I'm standing in my boxer shorts with a PSVR unit and two move units in my hand. And that's what I'm doing. And I look ridiculous, I'm sure. And my wife walked in one time and was like, I don't even want to ask. And just walk out of the room. <laughs> so, yeah, it's ridiculous. I it's it's a great, great game, though. I think it's an easy, easy recommend if you have PSVR. And if you're on the fence about getting a PSVR, let me tell you, the lineup of games right now is just ridiculous. Like easily. I have four, probably three for sure, maybe four PSVR games that might vie for a spot on my top five games of the year. So it's a great time to get in if you're at all interested. So those are the video games I've been playing, but enough of all the games. We have a very special guest on the show with Dan Machado being back. So we want to talk about all the awesome things he is up to. Uh, The first time you're on the show, Dan, you were here to talk about Gravity Warfare, which recently or not recently a few months ago i guess had a successful kickstarter before we jump into your new game is there anything you can tell us about how things with production for gravity warfare are going and and what that kickstarter experience was like for you since it was kind of kickstarter kind of 1.5 uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) 1.1 mark 1.1 yeah the the everything's going uh still according to plan uh we did run into a couple of hiccups with the uh the vector files or and the 3D files for the for the pieces and all the parts for the game, and it's, it has been a lot of uh, back and forth correcting details because we want to make sure that everything is correct and um, solving those 3D files had it was a lot of back and forth. No, you gotta fix this part. Look at the back. Look at the bottom and little details like that. So that took a couple of weeks longer, a few weeks longer than we expected. But uh, we just want to make sure that everything goes smoothly and. Uh, well, I guess. Uh, but now we are um, just about to receive uh, one of the samples, the first set of samples, the proofs of the box, and the samples for all the pieces. We're still waiting on those. And um, depending on how long it takes for us to, if everything's correct still after the samples, uh, we should still be at February. We're still looking at February for delivery. Um, but no, hoping it stays <laughs> that way. But we, we, uh, we, we have no problem, I guess. Um, it would be slightly disappointing, and we would apologize a lot. But if we had to push back the date, uh, we will because we want to make sure that the product we give is good quality and is what everybody expects. So we well, will take those punches. But uh, everything's going well for now. Everything's going well. Awesome. I mean, I, you definitely wouldn't be the first company to ever push back a, a Kickstarter uh, I want to be the date. first to fulfill on time. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That That is much more rare. It's fulfilling on time. And if you don't want to go into this next question, I totally understand. But I got to imagine, like, because of the unique nature of Gravity Warfare and that board, I feel like it's got to be kind of terrifying to, like, okay, outside company, production company, go ahead and print this thing and make this thing. And we hope it's going to work out the way that, you know, our prototypes have worked out. Like, I feel like that's got to be pretty scary. It is. It is kind of scary. Um, we have tried several um, materials that they have available uh, to mimic what we did here because they, they just couldn't do what we were doing here uh, for prototypes. And uh, they they are working correct so far. Uh, we did do a couple of tests uh, with just regular pieces of the materials that they're going to be printed on and the material that the board is going to be. And it is working as, as expected. So we just got to make sure that the samples and the actual game works the same. Um, but the biggest thing that we focused on for Gravity Warfare was 
um, making sure that even with uh, errors in distribution on the weight of the platform, the way that the game is, you can just adjust for that and it won't matter. So that was the biggest uh, hurdle or issue with most manufacturers. Like, well, we can't really make that because it has to be perfect. But then the the our mechanism, the the magnet, you know, that fixes everything. So that's a a relief, uh, a sigh <laughs> from everybody, and um, it should it should it should go well. Awesome. We don't expect any any more issues. Great. Well, thanks for the update um, on Gravity Warfare. Um, you know, you got two backers you're talking to right now, so we're happy to hear. Awesome. Um, so last time you were on, we were talking. You showed me like eight boxes of these games. Yeah, there's like four more. <laughs> so are we are we here to we're, we're here to talk about I'm assuming one of those games. Yes. Uh, uh, and how do, I don't want to I want to say it's pronounced dose but I have no clue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how would it's you so, <laughs> It's so funny is dose. Dose. Okay. Dose. You know, I thought it would be doce, dose. Okay, so dose. Yeah. And uh, that that my brother called that Izzy is my uh, he called that from the beginning. We started looking for the name. We decided Dose, and then he just immediately said, "Oh, people are gonna start calling it Dose." <laughs> like oh, I think people will catch on. Everybody said, "Oh, Dose." <laughs> Even I catch myself sometimes saying it because everybody says the same like Dose that that way. Yeah. And uh, I it, oh yeah, let's play Dose on a Dose. <laughs> Well, okay, so Dose is upon us. Uh, we have a Indiegogo yes. campaign coming up very soon. So what can very you tell soon. us about Dose? Well, Dose is a two-player uh, strategic and tactical dice game where um, players are going to take turns placing a die on a 5x5 five five grid. So we have these uh, – I know you guys can't see it, but I'll show my hosts here. <laughs> it's a grid with five 5x5 uh, five five holes. And you take turns placing dice on these uh, spots with the goal of making a line of four dice, four of your own dice that equal 12. Um, there's a, a blocker that helps you uh, mitigate the other player from making a line and uh, uh, a disc that restricts your placement. So with these, with the rules that we haven't played, the game is really challenging and um, really easy to learn. Simple rules and at the same time very challenging to play and it'll definitely get your mind working nice when you play this game i can tell you uh, at least from you you were kind enough to send us um the rules which are well, first of all it's very appealing how, how easy and simple they're right two pages of rules essentially um mm -hmm. I, I think like my first impression at least um this year has become the year i've fell in love with abstract games so immediately, like I've seen pictures on your Facebook, um, mostly with the giant ones. And I'm like talking to my wife. I'm like, I wonder if this is like the giant gravity warfare setup or are we getting huge dice in this game? Um, <laughs> but I love, I love just the look. It's, it's pure, simple, abstract goodness. Like when I look at it, it's, but it's so appealing um, for some reason when I see it. Um, so what's it been like? Um, I know you get, have been doing, um, you've been going to conventions and having people play it. So what's like been, what's been the reception for it so far? Oh, it's been it's, it's very well accepted. Um, the first thing that people think, um, and there might be somebody that does it, but uh, the first thing that people see is, that, oh, this is too easy. I'm, I'm going to get you every time. Uh, I got it. And as soon as they place the first die, then they, everything changes. Uh, we mm -hmm. had uh, on the tournament, uh, that you see we have an article on our website 
um, about the conventions that we go to. I like to promote uh, vendors or other designers that go and just post about them and how, how I went for them and what I thought about their games and, and their uh, the stuff that they had for sale. But um, there we have an article about the tournament and the two guys that won uh, were math teachers. So oh, uh, nice. And they... They just wiped the floor with everybody, <laughs> and then the them two went head to head, and it was pretty intense. It was intense. Nail biter. Uh, they were really going at it, and they developed. I, I saw they, them developing a couple of strategies throughout the tournament uh, to try to get each other. But you know, at the end, uh, Henry Henry was the one that took the gold, and David took the silver trophy. Nice. It's smartiguanagames.com. Smartiguanagames.com. That's right. So, so people can find events. it there. Yeah, please. Cool. So, so is it like I get like Sudoku vibes when I look at it or like right away um, because of my my simpleton mind? Because I, I thought <laughs> Sudoku was like for kids. And I, I remember being introduced to it, realizing. Um, yeah, a lot of people, uh, the the most we've gotten or the most comments we've gotten about similarities is that it's like connect for tic-tac-toe and chess at the same time. Nice. So it's really thinking you got to think. Uh, once you get used to the game and how it plays or you know how to play, uh, you have to think about your strategy from the first die you place because every die you put and every number that you choose is very important. You can't just willy-nilly throw any die there because you're doing something here. You got to think of every die is important, especially if you're playing with somebody that also knows what they're doing. Uh, we play here at my house still, and it's still very competitive and, you know, some pretty pretty good games. So I... I really like this game because of how simple it is to learn. It's, it's one of those that you mentioned it before, you know, super easy to learn, but a, a lifetime to master, that's what people say. It's, it's very, it touches on that. So I'm really happy about this game and how it turned out and how uh, people are uh, accepting it. We play with uh, young kids and, kids and, you know, young adults and older adults. <laughs> <laughs> And they, they all really enjoy the game. Uh, even the math teacher said that there were this would be um, great games for like their library or the school for, for class. I guess now they play games in, in school. I, I wasn't so fortunate as to <laughs> play <a> games <laughs> for class. That would be amazing. But uh, but yeah, I don't know if you remember last time we talked about Battleship. Yes. Yeah. That? Yeah. yeah. I love that game. <laughs> Battleship. When I picked it up, I, I thought, it, I mean, the... The cover does not do justice to how great the game is or how not for kids it is. Because you see the box, it looks like a kid's game. Maybe you, if you heard of it, you'll try it, but it's not really appealing to how cutthroat it can get. It's really intense. And I, I played it, I loved it, and I really wanted to um, make a game that was as simple and as challenging to play and fun, and this really scratches that itch and, and does it for me. So I'm really happy that this game turned out the way it did, and we're really excited about it. That's awesome. I'm actually a huge fan of Battleship. I've talked about it on this podcast a few times, because mm-hmm. uh, it is one of those games, like you said, that looks like it's going to be like this really simple, friendly game, and it definitely isn't. When it came to coming up with this game, you know, I am a person who's big on theme. I love theme. And this game very much is clearly an abstract game that is really challenging your mind of how you think. How do you start designing something like this? Did you you mentioned like I wanted to design a game that made me feel kind of like I was playing Battleship, but like did you want to design a game with dice? Did you want to design a game that helped people with their math skills? Like how did you start <laughs> thinking of it kind of coming up with this game? 
Well, I, I have to give credit to my dad because he's the one that came up with the concept of this game, not me. Um, I wish uh, it was me, but I was. Uh, I am more into like theme games, zombie stuff like that, and strategy. Um, he came up with the Gravity Warfare, and he also came up with this one. Um, the concept, though, the first his first draft wasn't. <laughs> but you know, the first first few games of everything, they're, they're not. You know, all they can be but after after months of you know changing it up uh, adjusting the, the size of the board um, and getting the rules right because there are you have to have rules in place to be, to be able to make this game work and um we it just time i guess it's his creativity and we just took that that concept and, and actually made it into a playable game uh, between all of us and and you know it it worked out well. Really. How long from the time that this game was first played, from first version of it, how long from then until now? I would say it was uh, early early in the year, um, about a year. I would okay, say, a little less than a year. But yeah, I mean, as you can see, and and Josh told you, I have boxes here. You want to start pulling them out? <laughs> <laughs> I have boxes here of, of uh, prototypes that I have of uh, game ideas. And we'll have a lot of game ideas, but uh, a percentage of them actually make the cut in my mind. And I made a, a, I made prototypes, and we're still testing and developing them. And uh, you know, they've a few of these have been here for you know a year, over a year. And you know, we just can't constantly develop all of them. So that's that's how it works. And I'm really excited about bringing all of these out. Really excited. This is zombie games right here, and then this uh. Like a civilization game. There's one that's really cutthroat. Oh my god, it's gonna be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a few uh-huh. here that I want to get. And you saw. Well, I'll show you guys. And the, there are assets that I'll a press kit for Dolce. But just to show you, this is the uh, the standard classic version, and we have the special edition, which is uh, oak and pine wood. Oh. And you open it up, it's two dice trays and all made out of wood. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And the best one is the uh, the luxury set. It's made of uh, uh, Chilean Ipe and African Sapil, and it's all made out of wood. Oh, wow. Wooden yeah. dice, Sapil, maple. And the oh, best part, great. really, is uh, the board. We have these inlays. Now, when we cut out the board, we actually cut out and put different wood in it to make a, a design. And although this will be available on the Indiegogo campaign for you to get, and it will be live on the 30th of November. So three days. Not only is that crazy, but I'm pretty sure I read that this game could be in people's hands before the end of the year. That's right. Before for, for, for December. So right now um, we have to set a, so our, the whole point of bringing this out, I know it's too early. And it is early. I would admit that. Uh, we just brought it out. We, we started getting people to see it and, and notice it and play it. Uh, but it went really well in the conventions. And we actually wanted to be able to offer uh, most of these versions uh, for this December. So if you contribute to our campaign, you will get uh, the perks that are the special edition, the luxury, and the uh, color splash, which is another version. Uh, you can get it if you... Per- if <laughs> if you put if you contribute before December 10th, we will send it out to you before Christmas. Wow. Um, if you if you do pledge or contribute later, um, we just we will still deliver it uh, 
December uh, or send that out to you in December, but we just can't, uh, given shipping and you know, the holidays, we can't uh, guarantee that you'll get it uh, in time for, for Christmas. So is this the, the reason for the Indiegogo choice? Because they give you a little bit more um, leeway than like a Kickstarter would? Uh, yeah, they have, uh, I believe both of them have this option where, um, because we are making these sets ourselves. Um, the classic version is the one that we are uh, mainly uh, asking for contributions to have a manufacturer. Uh, so that, you know, we have to wait months for it, uh, mandatory. But the special edition and the luxury, we're making them ourselves and by ourselves. I mean, uh, my dad, because he's a carpenter. Um, we will be able to deliver these if we don't know the earliest, uh, first come, first serve. I guess we'll treat it that way. And up until December 10th, we will send them out before uh, Christmas. Nice. That's impressive. You have these big ones right here. Look at these. Yeah, those are the ones I keep <laughs> seeing on the website. They're huge. Yeah, three, three and a half inch wooden okay. dice. They're Douglas fir. And this set will also be available for the Indiegogo campaign. Oh, it will be so available. <laughs> when you say this set, are you saying you'll be able to buy it a complete set of the game at that size or just two dice at that size? No, no. You'll be able to get all 24 dice with a mat in that size. And yeah. So are you going to uh, make a... Okay. Now, I'm super interested in this. My wife and I actually often make like yard games. Like we'll take regular... Like we have a made our own like yard size Jenga and like all these good things for outside. So I'm super interested in this big size one. Are you going to make a big outdoor sized gravity warfare? Uh, we had a plan of doing that. Uh, we didn't make the jumbo. <laughs> we didn't make the jumbo for uh, conventions. And it's really fun to play. Uh, but the manufacturing or the logistics on that is, is, is a nightmare. <laughs> I can imagine. It's a nightmare. So for now, we won't be able to, but hopefully in the future, um, we, we can get to that level and, and make that game. But this jumbo. This we can make. Um, however, the jumbo and the classic are the ones that are out of the list for this December, on December, so that these two will be delivered or fulfilled uh, around March or April. But the other gotcha. ones we can make them, make them right now. Very cool. So, if you're listening to this, dear listener, it'll be the 29th because we record on Tuesday, release on Thursday. So you'll have a day to get all of your finances in order to go jump on this <laughs> Indiegogo campaign. But Obviously, this is, you know, game number two for, for Smart Iguana. Yeah. What have you guys taken and what have you learned from the campaign for Gravity Warfare and putting that game out? What have you learned from that that you've applied towards, you know, for Dose and ensuring that, you know, this whole process goes smoothly, the fact that you can deliver some games right away? Like, what have you learned from that first game to now the second game? Uh, we learned everything. We learned <laughs> we made We made all the mistakes, but not all of them. We were fortunate enough not to make all the mistakes. But we did learn a lot. Um the so much uh, this the process of making the campaign for gravity warfare took months months of planning and and creating uh this one took under a month maybe three weeks so it's very very smooth um other than the fact that the actual game is is uh it's not heavy theme i mean there's it's just elegant we wanted to stay with an elegant style and, and, and a simple game and uh, so is the campaign it's very simple nothing too crazy and um, you know we already we already know immediately what what we need to put on there like the the deadline the the we call it the road to success where it's all the steps where we uh, from now uh, collecting the funds uh, samples production delivery film and all that stuff so it's wow well, it, this 
just too much. We learned we learned everything and and, and a lot from the campaign. Um, I'm really I don't know how to if I can list them, but it it's definitely made this uh, making this campaign so much easier and smoother. Where everybody knows their roles, everybody knows what they're gonna do, and it's just it's very simple. Awesome. So you talked about obviously you know for your for the tournament math teachers coming out on top yeah. doing really well. <laughs> who would you, who would you recommend this game for? Who is this game? Who's Doce for? Who would you think would enjoy their time with it? I think people that play uh, Sudoku would enjoy this game. Um, if you're a fan of Sudoku, if you're a fan of Connect Four, um, that game. If you um, one of the things that my dad mentioned, he's a chess player, and I think that's one of the main contributors of him, of him coming up with this game concept. Um, it does really take that challenging or that uh, strategy of thinking several steps ahead in the game. Uh, it's a faster way to get that itch to play chess, but, you know, and not take hours to play with somebody because chess can take hours. Some people play uh, through days of chess, um, but this game really, uh, it kind of scratches that itch on, on wanted to play chess, but with somebody that doesn't play chess, and uh, one like a strategy game, and and do all that. I think um, other than that, uh, we were suggested to bring it to libraries and, and schools. Like I said, a teacher said that they, they'll be great for for the kids to start, um, you know, seeing numbers or or getting their their brains going on on numbers. But um, but yeah, if you like abstract games, this is this is a. I don't want to, you know. To my own horn, Do but it. uh, <laughs> but I think the game is really awesome. Um, uh, I like it. Like I said, I like the battleship, how simplistic and challenging it was, and uh, this is really, you know, I really like how this tank game turned out. And I think a lot of people are going to like it. Awesome. I I do. I would say I was looking when I was reading the instructions, even just from the example that's in the instructions, I learned a new way to play it because like you can use your opponent's die essentially not against them but in your favor but one of the examples showed you had your four die and i was counting their die but you didn't have to use it in the example that was on there as well so for i guess i'll try to explain it the way i read it and you correct me when i'm wrong and i'll explain it to the listeners um so essentially it's it's turn by turn and when you play you put down your die uh, any number face up that you want and anywhere on the board then you put a token on top of your die to remind you that that was your last die that you played. Correct. And your opponent can play their die. Now, my question is, because you can't play your own die on a bordering space, can your opponent play their yes. die on, so they can yes. border your die? Correct, because so, you have that token, is the the, uh, the marker, the red chip that we have in the game, and it's simply a reminder of which die was your last. Uh, that's one of the things that I didn't want to put in the game, because I wanted people to remember and to have to remember so, yeah. uh, my exercise. But, you know, for uh, to make the game, I guess, more enjoyable and not have to worry about every single detail, that's a marker. So it's a reminder of which was your previous die. And on your next turn, you cannot play adjacent to the previous place die. So all the squares around that are restricted to you and you only, and you have to play away, and then you you liberate those spaces again. Um, and each player has their own restrictions. So you can't play against, uh, next to your previous, and then the other player can't play against uh, next to their previously placed die. And that really makes a difference. Everybody notices that uh, oh, that doesn't matter, but that is that is one of the key things in, in this game that is challenging. Yeah, really. Yeah, you don't think it'll hurt you, but 
if you if you put the die in the wrong place, yeah, they they're gonna get you. It was interesting because I was reading the rules and I was like, oh, I can totally figure this out because, you know, if you think about the five across, I'm like, if I put something in spot one, you know, two, I can't put something in next turn. I'm like, that's fine. I'll just put a dice in three. But then I'm like, well, crap, I still can't put something in two next turn. Like, I'm, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like oh, I'll just skip and then come back. I'm like, but I still can't do that. Yeah. So what I thought was going to be a very simple game for me to be like, I got this. I very quickly learned this is not going to be a super simple game for me that I got this. And I couldn't wrap my mind around the fact that I could just pick any number on the die. Like I was like, (laughs) oh, I'm going to have to roll them or I'm going to have to do something. And it's like, no, whatever number you want it to be, just make it that number. And then I was like, well, crap, I feel like this is a trick. (laughs) (laughs) It is a trick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've come up with several variations. Uh, the, The base rules are the best that we think of the game would work with. Uh, but uh, we do like to play uh, or change it up with people at conventions. So um, uh, if you you can roll one die at the beginning of the game or beginning of each round, and whatever number comes up, nobody can use that number. Uh-huh. So you have to play and make your 12 without that number that was rolled. Uh, the other one is by um, you roll three dice, uh, pick one, and then this one you use, and then you, you always roll three dice for the die that you're going to play. So you don't have all six choices. You only have the choices that you roll. So it makes it a, you know, it changes it up. But the game uh, without those variations, it's it's very challenging. I promise you, you guys are gonna like it. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very cool. I'm really excited to uh, to get it because um, it it's right at my alley for the the kind of games I'm digging right now um, from this year, like. I never thought of myself as an abstract game player because uh, how much I like theme, but uh, games like Onitama uh, have really like an uh, element. Those kind of games have really been been selling real hard on me this year, and it's something that my wife likes. So I feel like this will be a game that we'll both really enjoy yeah. from from what it looks like so far. I looked yeah, at a it. lot of. Uh, go ahead. I was gonna say I looked at it and instantly said, "Wow, here's another game my wife's gonna beat me in." <laughs> <laughs> No, the the everybody that comes into the game, or at least I were playing it, and they're expectate, they're spectating the game. They, ah, I can beat this. I can break this game. <laughs> well, if if I told you that there are twenty eight quintillion game configurations for this game, would you believe me? I wouldn't so believe what? you because you said it. <laughs> you probably did the math at some point, so I'm going to believe you. Yeah, there's uh, over 28 quintillion game configurations. So there's never, you'll never play the same game twice. Even if you play the same, if you manage to play the same um, dice in the same places or you stick with your own strategy, you know, players going to, other players going to change it up on you and you have to move with the, move with the punches or roll with the punches. Yeah, it's uh, 2 million, 500,000 times more configurations than Connect 4 has. Man. Impressive. Wow. Very Josh, cool. any other questions for Dan before we move on to listener questions? All right. No, I think um, all my questions were answered, at least. I'm probably going to have a lot of questions once I get the game in my hands. So, like, how do I beat this? <laughs> uh, what's your best strategy to be my wife? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for it. And, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, my biggest question was the Indiegogo one. Um, and you, and you nailed it. I totally get it. So 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, it'll show on the campaign. We we uh, we already recorded the video, and I, I I also mentioned in the video. At least I explained it to where I mean, I, it can, I, I'm sure some people might have more questions after what I say because you know, I'm saying you can have it this December, and if you order before December 10th, you can get it. We will send it before Christmas, so my, some people might get confused on the timeline. So we'll post uh, frequently asked questions, but you'll see the 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 is it wreath. A wreath, the Christmas wreath, wreath, wreath. Uh, the wreath on on the uh, perks that you can get um, this December. Oh, nice. It's funny because Ghost uh, A might be the first game I buy at Pax Unplugged. Is that weird? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be at Pax Unplugged the day that that launches. I'll probably pack that before I get into the convention hall. <laughs> But yeah, we're really excited about this game, and we hope it we hope it takes off and along. I mean, these these are really beautiful boxes for those that like uh, you know upgraded games, and yeah, and we make them ourselves, so there's, there's no can't beat handmade. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Cool. Well, we do have some listener questions, so let's cover them, right. and everyone's answering. No cop outs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, remember, anyone who's listening, uh, you guys can hit us up at Board of the VG uh, on Twitter, Instagram, uh, and email at Board of the VG at gmail.com with any questions. If you're in our Discord, same goes. Our first question is from super listener Paul Calico, who just won a copy of Guardians from us. I was very excited to see that. Uh, he says, Transformers has just released a new card game, and the art is awesome. I think the starter pack is 20-ish at Target. Uh, Will either of y'all be checking it out? So um, it is a Transformers TCG, if I am correct. It's not a CCG. Uh, And uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I've been looking at it for about a month. They have it at Barnes & Noble, Target, probably Walmart. Um, They have starter sets. My wife is a Transformers fan, so this will be an easy buy-in for her, I believe. Uh, what's interesting is they do have booster packs. They also have, like, you have a hero rule, like Autobots or Decepticons that are an extra large card size. And then you have a regular deck size for cards. So uh, the starter pack has, like, Bumblebee and probably Soundwave or someone. I'm not sure. Um, but it's going to be a stocking stuffer, Paul. I'm going to put that in my wife's stocking. I can tell you that because... She doesn't listen to my podcast, so <laughs> I can really say anything I want about her. Um, but she'll be getting that in her stocking, unless for some reason she wants to grab it at PAX. Um, but how about you guys? You guys have any insight? Have you seen this? Any interest? Well, I did see it on uh, at Target, uh, but I can't say that'll be the next purchase that I make. I do have an eye on a game that I've been wanting to get. And that'll be next when I, because I have a my my library, I guess you can call it. My shelves are full, and I got I gotta I definitely gotta pick and choose which ones are the next ones. Because I have the library of my favorite games, and then I have a closet full of games that I don't want on my library. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the game that's next on your list? Who should we eat? Oh yes, eat? yeah, I, I I know this game. Oh, yeah, that's a great Sounds game. Sounds like a fun party game. <laughs> yeah, it is a fun party game. You, I think, I don't know if it's a max uh, players, but you can play a bunch of people, and you play a group of survivors in an island, and there's two trackers, a sanity tracker and a hunger tracker. So you're trying to build a raft um, and survive several days, 
and you know when you build the raft you can go or if you survive how many days you, you, know, you live but every night or every day you have to eat and if the group didn't collect enough food um you have to pick somebody to eat and kill and I eat so <laughs> all these cards you pick a, a character card at the beginning and some of them are skinny and they're worth like one food and some of them are, are you know obese and there were seven foods so if you need like a bunch of food you start looking at the fat <laughs> the big guys and then uh you know you know who, who's gonna be next and you can backstab kill other people so you know if there's <laughs> enough food they don't have to kill you so it's it gets pretty intense yeah. the the best part is that after you die uh you become a ghost and now there's a ghost deck that now your your job is to torment and haunt the survivors and make their sanity tracker go down faster uh, and try to make try to kill everybody. Yeah, this is I love this because people always accuse me of being the traitor in Dead of Winter, and then I <laughs> immediately ruin their lives for kicking me out of camp. So this will be great if I get eaten yeah. first. I'll start haunting everybody. <laughs> yeah, Kyle, awesome. you went off on a nice tangent there. What, what do you think about Transformers? The card game? Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, it's totally okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I, <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually way more interested in who should we eat than I am in Transformers the card game. So that works out well. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm I was a odd kid for the, my age. Uh, I was never super into Transformers. I tried to get into Transformers by watching the Michael Bay movies, and that was a mistake. <laughs> so yeah, I really don't have any desire to get this game. Um, it, I mean, the art looks cool. Like it looks like it is not a um it looks like there's a lot of design that went into it with just mm -hmm. like looking at the face with the mechanics and mechanisms that are there uh just i'm not a transformers person so you know the the theme does nothing for me and when it comes to a ccg or a tcg if i don't like the theme it's gonna be a hard sell for me so i am going to pass on transformers that is fair he also uh, adds have also have y'all tried the new dlc for spider-man uh, he's of course referring to spider-man on the PS4. Uh, Kyle knows I haven't been able to try it yet, but I tried. Um, but I think Kyle's checked it out. Yes? No? I downloaded it. Oh, okay. So <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> And Dan, I'm assuming you don't have Spider-Man for the PS4? Uh, no, I'm, I'm terrible at those console games. I mean, even playing uh, Lara Croft, <laughs> Tomb Raider, <laughs> uh, the, I, with a joystick, I'm like, I'm this guy. I'm just... Yeah. looking up and i don't i can't aim if you give me a, a keyboard and a mouse i'll destroy everybody but not with a joystick nice that's okay they just added keyboard support to xbox one for certain games yeah. mouse and keyboard uh which i have to check out at some point uh kevin austin at psvg kevin i'll i'll ask you guys first kevin says what are you most excited to see at pax unplugged Kyle. <laughs> I am looking through the schedule really quickly as I scroll through here. I'm going to say, uh, eventually listening to the whatever Dice Tower top 10 they do. Doing a top at, five this year. Oh, it says top 10 in the schedule. Yeah, he updated because they have everyone, Mandy and Suzanne. Oh, and okay. There, so. Well, whatever Dice Tower top five they do is, I think, the thing I'm most looking forward to because it's the first thing that I see that I know I'll actually see at some point. So that's what I'm going with. Okay. Dan, I think you're actually at an, uh, another convention during PAX Unplugged. Is that correct? Uh, there is a convention. Uh, it's more like a Comic-Con here in North Charleston in uh, South Carolina. So I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to stick with, like, local – local conventions and support them uh, so you know we help help each other grow 
but yeah, we're gonna stop by there and uh, try to promote the uh, the Indigo campaign for Dulce, um, and hoping to meet all the uh, more of the local gamer community um, because it is it's, it's a few of us here. It's only a few, <laughs> not that many uh, gamers here in in, uh, in the low country. Gotcha. Uh, do you have any idea, anything you are excited to hear about from PAX Unplugged? Uh, well, I have a few friends that are going. Um, not sure I can keep up with all the news. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, we've been really busy with the campaign and getting everything ready uh, yeah. for the launch. So That's yeah. okay, no worries. Not everyone can be there. I didn't think I was going to be there for a while. Uh, <laughs> so, Kevin, I guess I'll say... I can't pinpoint a specific thing I'm excited to see at PAX Unplugged. Uh, last year, they announced Betrayal Legacy, um, and that was a big announcement for them. This year, I'm excited to buy it and play it at PAX Unplugged. It's uh, uh, Betrayal at House on, on Haunted Hill. Uh, on Haunted right. Hill. Betrayal at House on Hill is like one of my favorite uh, board games, so um, I can't wait to get the Legacy themed. Mm-hmm. Version of my wife it. is uh, that's her favorite game too. Yeah, I'm a huge and, and I've only heard incredible things about Legacy for it. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to check that out, and <clears throat> I'm excited to be bored with video games there. For this is episode sixty. I was there last year. We had episode four, I think, out something like that. Yeah, we were a mess. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, how many episodes do you have now? This is number 60, so yeah, we're Six. crushing it. And uh, I have business cards this year. I went out and, and got sick of asking, so I went and made my own business cards. They're not great, but there they'll do go. the job. <laughs> and um, I'm kind of just excited to to uh, to be there. I, I, I was hoping Dan would be there. Dan's got stuff to do, though. I was hoping um, Colin from Plat Hat was going to be there. He's got stuff to do, so... Uh, someday we'll all meet up, but um, I'm excited to to meet everyone else and and uh, you know keep on keeping on with this awesome hobby we all have. Hopefully, maybe yeah. pack some plug next year, Josh. You and I can actually meet in person. You know, maybe we <laughs> maybe we can do it at something before. Wait, then. what? <laughs> yeah, Josh and I have never met in person. You guys never met in person? <laughs> no. No, he's so far away. Yeah, he, he lives in Massachusetts, <laughs> and I live in Iowa. So, yeah, we've never met in person. Only through the internet. Only through the internet. All right, Kevin Austin. Well, thanks for making me feel bad about not going to PAX Unplugged. I really appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, as we start pulling this episode into the station, we are clearly a gaming podcast, but we like to give you one recommendation, suggestion, thing we are currently into that is helping us live a well-rounded life. Something that's not gaming-related. That we're just enjoying in our free time. Dan, do you have any suggestions for our listeners to help them live a well-rounded life? Oh, I was hoping I would go last. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Not a problem at all. I will go first then. So recently, I had the opportunity to go to the movie theater. Uh, my local theater just underwent some massive renovations. We used to only have one theater that had like the reserve seating loungers. Now, every single theater in there has reserve seating with the with loungers, they actually added heated seats to them now. Like they went through a nice renovation, so said, "Hey, you know what? We'll go check it out. We'll reward them for making watching movies more enjoyable." Went and saw Wreck It Ralph two. Ralph breaks the internet, and I'll say it was a very enjoyable movie. 
Uh, we were the only people there who didn't have kids, but it was still really good. I definitely recommend it. It has some nice, you know, how kids movies tend to have or animated movies tend to have some sort of message or or lesson for you to take away. Uh, this one has a little bit of a different one that you don't typically see in movies. And I thought it was a really poignant, well thought out, well crafted message that they kind of leave you with. So overall, really recommend recommend it if you enjoyed the first record ralph i think you'll definitely enjoy this one um the princess scenes that are in it are excellent uh but yeah record ralph 2 ralph breaks the internet definitely recommend and no i don't know why it's ralph why it's ralph breaks the internet instead of ralph wrecks the internet other than that might be really hard to say <laughs> so it's because of all of the this person breaks the internet nonsense i know but I, well like i get it but like oh. ralph ralph wrecks the internet it's actually really hard to say <laughs> but uh, anyway, Josh, what is your recommendation for a well-rounded life? So I'm going to keep it on theme with other entertainment uh, things instead of weird life advice I try to give. And I'm just going to say <laughs> um, I discovered – I didn't discover this. This has been in my radar. Um, Bill Hader, uh, one of my favorite uh, Saturday Night Live alumni, uh, has a show on HBO called Barry. I just got to watching it. 26-minute uh, episodes, easy to digest. Um, he plays a former Marine who doesn't know what to do with his life uh, when he comes home uh, and is recruited to be a contract killer. And he's very good at it, but he doesn't like doing it. He ends up accidentally stumbling across a, a um, acting school taught by Henry Winkler that he finds himself drawn to. So he becomes this hitman by day who Stephen Root uh, from Office Space, the red stapler guy, is his like um, his uh, does, do hitmans have pimps? He's the hitman pimp. <laughs> he gets him his jobs and, uh, you know, he starts falling for a girl and it's just very much um, this guy who's learning how to live his life. So he approaches relationships like a 15 year old boy like approaches relationships and life because he doesn't know how to be anything but a killing machine. Um, so it's very funny. Uh, there's some surprises. It's violent, um, but not over the top violent. So uh, it's violent for uh, for purpose. Uh, so watch Barry. I got one episode left the season finale um, of season one, and I think season two either started or starts soon. So yeah. if you have HBO Go or just HBO Access, watch Barry. I think season two is is twenty nineteen. Okay. All right. Cool. So Dan, you had some time to think. <laughs> yeah. I did, I did. Well, I, I I came up with something, and uh, I will get weird. I will get weird. Won't stick with the entertainment. Good. Um, one thing I I used to do when I was in the military, and that I find myself doing, um, you know, often, especially in in, in high stress days, is to uh, wake up maybe 10 or 15 minutes early and take your time with your early routine, with your morning routine. Because a lot of, uh, especially in the military, everything was, you know, super fast paced. You got to brush your teeth, shave at the same time while you're putting your boots on so you can make to muster. And it's, it's super stressful. And when you do that, you know, you forget things or, you know, you don't shave right. Any, anything can happen. And it really sets the tone for the day. Um, the same way if you just wake up a little early, you know, just drag your feet <laughs> to the bathroom and then shave, uh, take your time and brush your teeth slowly, you know, put on your clothes, really relaxed. 
it really sets you the tone for the day and you'll be amazed how well your day your day is gonna go that is a great so that's some great advice to leave our listeners with so dan hey thanks again for joining us this week where can people keep up with you smart iguana games now is the time for you to plug or replug anything you'd like to as we wrap the show up (laughs) thank you well thank you for having me uh you can keep up with us on any social media uh, instagram facebook Twitter, Instagram, did I say Instagram already? Mm-hmm. Um, Smarty Wanna Games, LLC. Uh, you can also go to our website where we try to post uh, weekly articles about what we're thinking on, on new board games or uh, our board games, how to make prototypes, things like that that we're working, like content that we're working on for our website, smartywannagames.com. Uh, look out for that, subscribe to get you know the latest stuff that we have, uh, upcoming games. And we really hope to see uh, you and the listeners to go at our uh, Indiegogo campaign and support us on this on this new game that uh, we are really excited about. And we hope that you guys will enjoy. Awesome. Well, th- thanks again, Dan, for joining us. We always appreciate it when you are here. Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? What a great idea. Thank you, everyone, <laughs> for joining us. Remember, uh, you can find us on social media at BoardWithVG. Use that hashtag, hashtag BoardWithVG. Uh, we want to see what you guys are playing. Uh, Facebook.com slash BoardWithVG. And, of course, <clears throat> the not as empty as normal, BoardWithVG at gmail.com. Uh, plugs. You know, what? what can I say about my plugs? You can find me <laughs> at Josh Bones on Twitter, Baloney Borboni on Instagram. Uh, you uh, what a great tag! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you can find me at it's Why So Serious S I R R I U S on PlayStation Network and Xbox Live. And if you're at Pax Unplugged, let's hang out. Uh, tweet at me. Message us, email us, whatever. I'll be around. My wife and I love playing games. It's just two of us, so we can always use more. Um, so let's meet up and hang out. And if not, come next year. I'll be dragging Kyle with me. <laughs> Hopefully. That's the plan. Uh, you can find me at all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As a reminder, if you are listening to this episode when it's relatively new, uh, we are still taking entries for the Video Game Awards Prediction Show. So just email us, boardwithvg at gmail.com with who you think is going to win Game of the Year from the six nominees for the Game Awards Game of the Year category. You don't have to get the answer correct. You just have to submit who you think will win, and you'll be entered in a drawing to win a pretty sweet prize that is still kind of to be determined, uh, but it'll be good. I promise you that. So go ahead, hit us up there. We'd love to have as many entries as we can for that. If you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. Make sure that the day after you listen to this, if it's new, that you head over to the Indiegogo campaign for Dose. As I know, Josh and I will be backing at day one because I need to get the wife a Christmas present. And this seems like the perfect fit. (laughs) As always, everyone, remember, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.